Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Here on episode 94 of The Pinball Show, we're introducing Jason Knapp of Knapp Arcade. We hear from three correspondents... We talk about Stern's Pinball Backlog and Scoopgate. We cover an American Pinball Award nomination. We discuss Jersey Jack Pinball and anime. We talk about Alien LVs finally shipping. We discuss Funhouse 2.0 gameplay. We cover the Deep Root Pinball Auction. We talk some unmarketable dream themes. And, of course, pinball market trends. All this and more on episode 94 of The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Welcome, everybody, to the Pinball Show. This is episode 94. I am your host, Dennis Creasel, and today I've got a special guest host because people might not remember, but Zach is on a bit of a hiatus. We we say it's a bit. These could be the warning signs. This could be the end. It could be the end of the Pinball Show. (laughs) We don't know, but as the laughter in the background may tell you, I've been joined by a recent podcast star, Jason Knapp. Jason, welcome to the Pinball Show. Morning. You got me an hour. Is it an hour earlier or an hour later than normal? I don't know. It is. It feels earlier because it should be earlier than it is really now. But we've actually advanced in time. By I, I was caught off guard by the time change, but I made it here on the nose at the exact right time. You were very proud to proclaim to me as <laughs> if I did not have an atomically synced clock that, Dennis, I am on the dot. That's Perfect. right. As in all things I do. So Jason, you've been involved in pinball for a really long time. And I my joke about podcast fame, of course, comes from the fact that you were re- very recently on the Slam Tilt podcast with Bruce Nightingale and Ron Hallett Jr. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. I like those guys. Well, we don't have a good time here, so I'm glad you actually <laughs> You're like, sorry. I'm glad you got the good time out of the way, because this is going to be horrible. But I, um, but I knew you were doing that show, and unlike, I know, some other podcasts out there in the world, I did not immediately say, well, you know, we can't have you on for eight you know months my, now. You know my whole story. Do I want to drop all sorts of names and just make everyone angry? <laughs> no, no, that, no. That's from personal experience that happened. I know that did. I knew it actually uh, happened to you. But, <laughs> but for those that like to see behind the scenes a little bit, that, you know, that is something that podcasts podcasters do discuss like when having interviews well uh, case in point total coincidence and we even have a whole (laughs) internal network with a discussion discord and everything but we still ended up with just another pinball uh, podcast and the free play podcast both having back-to-back episodes with keith elwin as the interviewee well, I mean, if you're going to have a repetitive interview with someone, it might as well be the goat. But we were really encroaching yeah. on the loser kid turf there because he's like got a uh, what's what's the what do they what do they call that thing when you're in Vegas and you constantly have shows? There's like a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. What is that? Like, like share or, or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, right into the pinball <laughs> network at gmail.com and tell us, tell us what that, what that's a residency, a residency. Oh, oh, never mind. Don't write Got it. it. I don't want, I don't want to read you. Say residency. Right. Yes. Yeah, who, I, I know they, they just had one. Adele was supposed to have a residency and she had like a nuclear meltdown and it fell oh, apart. Oh yes. Yes. And she cried. There were tears. I guess. That's why I'm, she cried. 
That's about the extent of my knowledge of it. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you have been firing on, if not all cylinders, most of the cylinders recently, Jason, your, your Nap Arcade website has been doing very well. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, Thanks. You know, it's, it's interesting when you actually put effort into it, the numbers reflect that. I know. I think we're up to like, uh, well, I know it's the secret sauce, but I'll I'll say, I think it's over 15,000 views or visits a month. That's pretty good. It keeps going up. So yeah. And so you've been, you've been branching from your, cause you very historically had social media roots. Uh, Your Facebook page is what I always still think of, of course, when I hear your name. Yeah, that's where everything started out. It was, uh, you know, the Facebook page. I, I got into the origin story earlier, so I don't really need to get into all that again. But I was always on Facebook, and, and it was a couple of things. I don't think people recognize that as being as legitimate as having your own website. It just seems like, you know, like there was never any awards for any of that stuff until this year, the pinball industry did social media. And we realized... Uh, and I don't even remember. It wasn't my idea to add that one. I can't take credit for that, but... The, the thought was, we turn to social media for so much of this stuff, so much of the discussion, so much of the information. In fact, most of the stuff comes out first on social media. So it only made sense to really recognize people that are putting in a lot of time. And congratulations, you won not one, but two Pinball Industry Awards for 2021. I'm sorry. The sun was shining through the crystals into my eyes. I couldn't hear yes. what you were saying. <laughs> it's a rudimentary prism of, of rainbow of glory has has blinded you. I do understand. We are now officially an hour later, so the sun is shining. Uh, thanks. Yes. Well, you know, part of the thing about starting the website too was, you know, I I did, you know, traditionally I've done a lot of visits to arcades uh, up in, well, I would say up and down the East Coast, but I also went to California a couple of things with my family. And so I take lots of pictures and write it up and, you know, describe the arcade. And, you know, that's a nice memory for me. And if I put it on Facebook, it basically eventually just kind of floats away into nothingness and disappears into the Facebook ether. So now I have all that stuff. I went back and put every single trip that we had gone on onto naparcade.org to populate it when it first started. So that's it's a nice memory for me. That's not going to just disappear anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the biggest, at least with social, uh, if not all social media, at least for the social media that is Facebook is if I need to go back and find something, Oh, it is a chore. It is a chore. To uh, I mean, they'll and- give you like this year, five years ago today, this year, but like to, to find anything specific you're looking for is especially when I, I post so much stuff, it would be like impossible before we move on to our correspondence, do you have what's been going on? Did you have you gotten any new games recently or anything? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I decided to fill my car with gas instead. That was about the same, oh, the same, <laughs> the same price. A gasoline joke this entire time. Yeah. Oh no, that's that was complete improv. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, just prices have gotten out of control. I used to, I used to have my finger on the pulse. Like I would go to uh, Facebook or uh, not Facebook. Well, Facebook Marketplace has actually gotten big, but. Uh, the pin side marketplace. And I knew what everything was selling for. And it started making me so sad. I just had to stop looking at me. And now so I, I have no market trend information because I'm so horrified by what's going oh, on. No. Well, well, we'll cover that when we get to pinball market trends, but yeah, I have, I hadn't, uh, it'd been almost three years since I had moved. Well, I guess oh, two and a half years since I had moved any games. And that was in the sense that I sold one in 2020, but it hadn't been since 2019 that I had bought anything. So I, most people probably know, but I, I haven't done this show since then, but I had purchased a Godzilla premium uh, from flipping out pinball and it did finally arrive. And so I've been playing that yesterday. In fact, was the first time I got to my, my level two uh, Kaiju. Oh, nice. 
and uh, I did sell my Super Orbit, uh, old Gottlieb game from 1983, and that got picked up on too. The person actually, I you know, I took sounds all like these... a pretty good trade to me in yeah, terms well, of space allocation. Uh, unfortunately, as, yeah. even as high as prices were, Super Orbit was yeah. not remotely near what I had to pay Zach. You got you got six grand for Super Orbit. <laughs> I probably should have tried it. No, I, I sold it for fifteen hundred. But the uh, oh wow, you know, I thought it was pretty. I looked on Penside and they had a couple that had sold uh, over the last year for more, but they had nicer play fields. And if you want a pinball machine, that's a fun thing to have for fifteen hundred. You know, and you don't want to spend. I'd had it for years and I'd done everything on it that, that I really wanted to do. And so you got to I, wizard mode. <laughs> yes. I got to the wizard mode. I got the, you know, I maxed out the bonus. And uh-huh. uh, so anyway, I take all these photos, I, even of the shooter lane, uh, you know, every board, my grounding mm. mods, all of that. I put it up. It's sold in five minutes. I was oh, just nice. like, why did I do all this work? You should have so, just written the word pinball 1500 and it didn't matter what it is. It would have just sold instantly. Yeah. So the <laughs> person, person uh, asked me, you know, said they really wanted it. Um, but they, you know, th- so they came and checked it out. Uh, I put it on pending and then they came another day and actually paid me the full price. And then so it was on came, layaway for a while. Y- yeah. Well, it was someone <laughs> from the area I knew. Oh, so all right, I was, that's I, was I was like, you know, they offered a deposit. And I was like, you know, that's not necessary. Right. Uh, right and then, the, but they came and paid me and then they came another day uh, this last week to actually pick it up. So, okay. so it was like three trips to get this game that they instantly wanted. Um, yeah, that works. So, yeah. So now I'm, I'm back to my, my seven. And, and so that, that I have a game I... coming. I did buy something. I just haven't gotten oh, it. Deadpool. I ordered Deadpool in March of 2021. <laughs> oh. Deadpool Pro. Yeah. And we're actually going to touch on actually, and that's what I'll use. What a great segue, Jason. So let's hear I from try. our from our industry correspondents, because I think we've got three of them ready to give us the scoop. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show's Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, if you're hearing the sound of silence in the pinball world these days, you wouldn't be alone as Stern continues to go away from preparing for their next release to all hands on deck production as they literally began to produce and manufacture their way out of being buried alive by orders. Yes, there has been much speculation of late in various pinball forums and chats these days, about just how many backorders the Stern Pinball Empire may have amassed over the last two years with supply chain and production delays due to COVID, with some estimates being well over 10,000 units. My lord. And while some pinball companies continue to struggle to show one game going out the production room door, Stern once again almost defies what's possible by showing literally hundreds of Rush Premium Edition machines being assembled and put into boxes on a recent Instagram and YouTube video post taken from their enormous production facility just outside of Chicago. A little late to the party and want to order a Rush Pro or Premium Edition machine? Well, better make that call quick to your local distributor as what few that are still available are going fast with many but not all distributors quoting well into 2023 for delivery. And if Keith Elwin design games are more your thing, and why wouldn't it be as Godzilla continues to hold down the number one spot as the highest rated pinball machine of all time, you can catch not one but two recent interviews with Keith Elwin himself on the Pinball Network podcatcher, 
one with Just Another Pinball Podcast with Joel Engelberth, and the second on the Free Play Pinball Podcast with Amanda Hamilton and Bill Webb. Both interviews are very entertaining and offer a great glimpse into the mind of Keith Elwin, nicknamed by many in the pinball community as the greatest of all time, as he talks pinball and rules design, tournament play, and so much more. Now, we know Keith is being very hush-hush about his next game, so don't worry, we won't tell anyone about the rumors that Back to the Future is not only one of Keith's dream themes, but also the title that he will be designing very soon, if not already. Why am I whispering? I don't know, but it sounds super annoying. And what would a Stern update be without catching up on Stern's latest code releases? First up, we have The Mandalorian as Dwight Sullivan's latest Star Wars baby finally makes its debut on the Stern Insider Connected platform. Yes, Stern Pinball has posted new Mandalorian code V1.20. This is the way. We also have new Led Zeppelin code V1.14. And last but certainly not least, we have a massive new code update for Rush V.90 for the Pro, Premium, and Limited Edition models. All these codes contain tons of game enhancements, additional polish, game adjustments, and bug fixes. Well, that's all for this week for the Pinball Show. I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hey, this is Kaz with an update on American Pinball. I reached out to Stephen Bowden. He informed me that American Pinball was nominated by the AAMA, the American Amusement Manufacturer Association, for the Manufacturer of the Year, and also the AMOA, the Amusement and Music Operators Association is hosting the Amusement Expo International. This is March 14th through 17th in Las Vegas. American Pinball will be there at booth 1448. And also this past weekend, I was out here at the Louisville Arcade Expo. It was a great time to see everyone. I was helping out here at the Flippin' Out booth with Zach and Nicole. Had a great time playing pinball with everyone. I hope everybody has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Jersey Jack pinball games have had an eclectic range of themes, from classic movies to more modern films, a rock theme and even an original theme in Dialed In. With an animated movie theme anticipated to be up next, there are always questions about what Jersey Jack pinball could be up to in the future. One category that has yet to be exploited by any of the manufacturers is anime, the hugely popular animation style out of Japan. If you're wondering if there's a market for anime outside of Japan, then you only have to look at the numbers. The global anime market is projected to reach close to $50 billion by 2030. So why am I talking about anime on the Jersey Jack update? Well, it's because Jersey Jack Pinball has obtained an anime license, which it may or may not turn into a game in the future. If they did, it would be a first for the industry. So it will be interesting to see how and if this anime theme sees the light of day. And it looks like Jersey Jack Warnieri himself is back at it, personally delivering a game for a recent customer. He'll also be at the Texas Pinball Festival presenting a seminar with Steve Ritchie on Friday the 25th. Looking forward to that. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. I don't always say Jason, but I often say thanks to all of our correspondents for all of their great coverage and tying back into that transition into them, which I had mentioned from your prior statement about awaiting Deadpool. We're going to go ahead and start with Stern Pinball. So, 
Craig had talked about the backlogs. A lot of people know we previously reported on that Stern had announced to their distribution network that the second cornerstone was not going to happen. That would normally be something in like an April or May period. And instead, they were going to be getting caught up on all of these games that they owe people. (laughs) They have so many pending orders. Now, Craig had reported that discussions have been far ranging but there have been reports slash, I guess, maybe more speculation that Stern could be as much as 10,000 units behind on orders. Yeah, I heard uh, someone had told me that this whole uh, cornerstone delay, I guess, what is it, three months, essentially, that, that Stern just producing backordered games for three months might only whittle 10 to 15% off the total backorder amount or backlog that they have sitting right now. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it would almost, it would almost make me wonder, do you, and I'll ask you this question because I am wondering it. Do you think that Stern might end up, I don't know if caving's the right word, but. Haunting the next one? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. I think they're going to want to have something. I could see maybe doing one more this year and then doing a later in, in the, you know, to start 2023, that would seem to make more sense. You don't want to make it look like you're just dead in the water. I think you do. You, if you did one now, then you could maybe push back the next one a little bit. That's a, that's a good point. What about, what about, how about this instead? Let's say they do keep the, I guess what we'd consider the third cornerstone position as their second cornerstone release of this year as currently planned, but drop any, say boutique stuff. You know, there's a lot of rumors that uh, they specified the second cornerstone going away because they still plan to put out a Kapow title this year. I've seen a lot of people playing the semantics game with that saying, oh, look, they didn't say it wouldn't be a vault or it wouldn't be this or that. But, you know, someone had posted uh, a conversation they had with Gary Stern at a trade show very recently and I mean, who knows, you know, whether he's telling the truth or not or anything else, but he basically said, no, it's just not another game, not any hmm. of these Kapow, Vault, whatever. It was just, they're not doing, they're doing the next one in, when is this supposed to be, August? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know anymore. I think it's August. Yeah, I think they're going to do the next one in August which is rumor, but the question is, there is a good question as to what title it'll be, because I could see them if their next title was going to be something that's kind of, eh, in terms of a theme, maybe rearranging the order if multiple games are done and coming out with something that rocks. Because I like Rush and I like the Rush pin, but a lot of people are like, eh, man, this sucks. And if they come out with another game that not everyone is universally going to love back to back after pushing it back, you know, they may decide to put something, if they've got a real hot license up their sleeve, try to move that into the order next and then push back whatever originally was scheduled to be the second release of this year to a later date. I could see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I had heard on the on, on rumor on the last episode of the Eclectic Gamers podcast that oh, plug, plug. That- that well, <laughs> come on, come on. So, you know, but I had heard in their in their very popular rumor corner segment, Jason, that yes. that cornerstone number two was purported to be Venom, and that it has not been moved to the cornerstone three position, but that cornerstone three was still going to be what was going to be cornerstone three, which supposedly is James Bond, but I don't know. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe that's why you sub- I listened to that episode of Eclectic, so it probably subliminally planted that into my brain. Mm. Uh. Well, well, you know, uh, 
the the goal with them is to rumortain you. So whether it's true or not, it really comes down to the quality of the their sword. batting average is 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 about uh, one hundred. Really discuss the accurate. <laughs> Let's just say podcasts don't have a great track record on speculation in general. EGP might, might be might be, <laughs> might be benefiting from the curve on that. Um, if you were in baseball, you'd definitely be demoted to the minor leagues. I'm pretty look, sure. Speaking of a, a hobby that's coming back, or a sport. plenty of mm-hmm. there are plenty of farm teams out there <laughs> for for a mixed media podcast like EGP to thrive in. Okay, <laughs> flyover country needs their baseball too. Yes. Now, so also as part of what. Craig was talking about in his correspondence segment was Rush. So that's the most recent. That's seen as the first cornerstone of 2022, even though technically a December reveal. The noting that if you were to go to your distributors at this point and place an order for a Rush Pro or a Rush Premium, that it is reasonable to expect that you could be waiting into sometime in 2023 to get the game. So what do you think about that? Stern just shared a uh, video and it was interesting. It didn't go on their Facebook. That's why it took me a day to find it. It just went straight to Stern's Instagram account. They did a short uh, video of Rush Premiums on the line and and all the various assembly lines. And so the Rush Premiums are going out right now, for sure. I know that. I think that uh, they're on their third iteration of the, uh, the dreaded scoop that keeps getting bashed up. So, you know, it, it would make sense if maybe those are just filling the original orders, though. I wouldn't be surprised if you ordered a Rush right now that it came out in 2023 and then a, a new revised fourth version of the scoop came out sometime in 2024. Right. And, and my interpretation of, of Craig's uh, segment was that he was talking about if you were to order a new one, like as of today, not yeah. that people who had already ordered are somehow going to get pushed back into 2023. Right. No, I know um, they're cranking them out right now. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, and I had heard earlier. In fact, I was expecting my Godzilla to come towards the end of this month because my understanding was that pros and premium Godzillas were were being prepped to be sent out for distributors this month as well. So well, from back, you know, people, ordered, so you got it early. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I do know people, so, <laughs> so, so you never know, you never uh-huh. know, but, um, and the same can be said for, you know, anyone who plays, I mean, I could see if like someone gets out of an order, obviously that frees up a position that someone who thought they're going to get rush premium in 2023 might end up getting a 2022 older run unit. That always happens. Uh, now here's a, let's, I want to raise the stakes for you, Jason, though so from zero because that's what they are right now what what? you're not getting a rush (laughs) Uh, no actually uh yeah uh, let me raise the stakes first and then i want to go back to the scoop so uh in terms of you and your deadpool and you've been Mm -hmm. waiting quite a while for the deadpool yes should you get your deadpool before these people are ordering the russian uh premium and pro well i mean i can kind of see i mean it, it was always a second run or I guess I don't know if it's more than second, but uh, of the Deadpool, this is not the original run of it. So, I mean, Stern has the the rights to do that run whenever they feel like it, I guess. I mean, the only reason why I ordered it at the time is because I had heard they were doing another run. But it's not like Stern was out there like saying, hey, we're running Deadpools now. It was just kind of like the rumor mill almost sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But on the flip side of it, you placed your order in 2021. As of January of this year, 
its price went up to Godzilla's price, and that's not mm, your fault. That that is well, yeah that that's a, that's a big deal. But I mean, it I went up a lot. So, yeah, I mean, what was you? Do you have a premium or a pro on order? Uh, I can only afford a pro at this point. <laughs> okay, so, but that was still what a nine hundred dollar increase. I, the, one of the things that I like a lot about the Deadpool is, for me personally, I don't think there's that much of a difference between the Pro and the Premium, especially if you just slap a Disco Ball mod into the Pro. I mean, I know there's one other shot. That, that, one, that people, Orbit shot might disagree with you. but Yeah, I know there's one other Orbit shot that people are all into, but I don't know. For me, it seems like that if you're going to do one, that's one of the reasons why I have the, uh, you know, a lot of the games I have are, um, I have a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Pro. And, you know, the, that one, the gameplay difference is mainly, I mean, there's spinners, but it's mainly just the arms. Like, who cares? The Groot arms. And I have uh, Game of Thrones Pro, and a lot of people like that better than than the premium, you know, with the upper play field. They, they like the way they play. So I like to get the pros that, you know, aren't missing a lot, I guess, in terms of, because I do have a Jurassic Park premium, because a dinosaur eating balls is cool. That's true. Yeah. I'm a big fan of pros, uh, even, and, and knowing sometimes even when I compromise on them. So like, uh, well, I haven't had Deadpool, but I had looked at a pro at one point. That's the one I had the most time on, on location. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and so, you know, walking dead was a, that one was one I was really torn on because I had so much time on the LE and I actually didn't buy walking dead when I originally was interested because I had never played a pro and I refused to buy one until I actually got to see if it was still fun. That sounds um, reasonable. <laughs> um, and it it is. I mean, I like, I actually like the, the geometry, like the, the left ramp and stuff is a lot better in my view on the walking dead pro, but you do give up the Walker bombs, which is a really fun strategic option uh, mm. in multi-ball. So anyway, you know, it's a give and a take, except I agree with you totally on, on guardians of the galaxy. I never saw the value in the premium. I just mm-hmm. never did. Um, but let's go back to the scoop. This is really fitting for you, actually, to cover because you have been getting scoops left and right on your <laughs> Map Arcade website. In fact, I was going to call you the Kellogg's Raisin brand of pinball news at this point, except you have more than two scoops. So, oh, uh, snap. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. I don't so, know that calling someone as a nickname Kellogg's Raisin brand really rolls off the tongue either. <laughs> right. Well, it was going to be more like a like a moniker. I wasn't going to use it as a, as, a nick, as a nickname. That's my UFC fight name. Yeah, like, yeah. They, 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 in the Jason, name, so. Jason, two scoops now. Because <laughs> everyone loves raisins. That's pretty intimidating. <laughs> so, so anyway, you mentioned uh, issues with the rush scoops. And I don't think we've talked about that on the pinball show. So mm. do you give a breakdown of what's going on with it? Cause I've actually heard, I've heard a bit about it, but I've not looked into it myself. So, yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much seems as though the first rushes that went out, the scoop protectors were basically, you know, it's funny. I date myself or make myself look old. I'm not actually like dating myself. That sounds weird when you say it like that, but I make myself sound old when I use this reference. But back when I was younger, when people were still allowed to smoke at McDonald's, they had these ashtrays on the table and you could pick up the ashtrays. They were made out of metal, but you could just like crush it in your hand. Like that's, it was just Mm. like the scoops were made out of like, recycled mcdonald's ashtrays that would just crush instantly <laughs> <laughs> instantly <laughs> i'm loving it is that their their slogan yeah so like it, i don't know i guess people are saying that they just the way they don't attach underneath the playfield or something i don't know the mechanics of it but they were just getting bashed up 
repeatedly to the point where the balls would just get stuck after a very, very few, very low number of games. Mm. And then people were removing the scoops so they could play their new $6,000 toy and not just let it be an ornament. But then it was just chewing up the play field. It was just taking, ripping big chunks out of. Yeah, it's going to look like a data east. Yeah. So, you know, I think if I had one, I would have taken it, removed the scoop and put mylar around the entire hole. You know, you know, you can get mm. those like uh, sticker oh, yeah, sheets no. of mylar sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did that with my uh, total nuclear annihilation because okay. you know, it didn't come with scoop protectors and right. uh, the rapid fire, the main scoop, the left scoop on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, real early, like within 50 plays, it was cleared to the scoop, but I actually got a chip in the clear. Like it didn't chip away, but you could see mm-hmm. where it separated from mm-hmm. just ball strikes. And I thought. I don't really want that to spread. Uh, and I contacted Cliffy, uh, but there weren't any any pending plans, I believe, for him to actually have a, a protector. I think he was having an issue with engineering one for one of the the spots, given how they were positioned or something. So anyway, long story short, I got one of those sheets of mylar and I just cut a little thing and I just, uh, you know, a little piece of it. And I made my own little edge protector with mylar and it never got any worse. No, that's exactly what I would do too. I, I think that you can get the full sheet. You just cut it to the oh, exact yeah. size you want, wrap it around, and then boom. I don't think I really don't think it would chip if you were doing that to it. At that yeah, point. I mean, I I only have my one example, but I've never had any issues since. Uh, you know, mylar was used for years successfully for a reason. So yeah, and yeah, the sheets are super cheap. It just stays rolled up on my shelf, and I if I need to cut a little piece off again, I I can do so. That's uh, a, that's a pretty good thing to have on. No, hand. So we've solved it. Well, pretty much. Irm I mean, can I don't just know. send out mylar things. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if, if if I was stern and people were waiting for this, I would at least suggest the mylar, if not send someone just a square of it. I mean, how much would it cost them? Like 10 bucks to send someone a square of mylar? That would go a long way towards making people happy and being allowed to play their game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't be. I mean, the mylar itself is super cheap. Most of the, They'll spend more on shipping than they will on mylar. Nowadays, she's... Uh, no, but I think that they did come out with a revised scoop and that still wasn't cutting it. So I think they're mm. on the third, at least what I hear, they're on the okay. third iteration of the scoop now. So I don't know. Yeah, I Hopefully mean, I'm, I'm sure the it. ultimate goal is to have a, a viable protector, metal protector to go in that they'll just install moving right. forward and then can send, I guess, send to people, um, you know, something like a Mantis or something. But obviously in-house, I don't think they're going to they're going to go to a third party. So for whatever reason. Okay, well, thanks for yet another scoop from uh, now. A scoop scoop? Yeah, a scoop on scoops. Yeah. Speaking of scoops, uh, we also heard in the correspondence segment, American Pinball. They have been nominated by the AMAA or the American Amusement Machine Association for a Manufacturer of the Year. Uh, you know, is it? I don't it, know. <laughs> is it an acronym or is it an initial? Right into the pinball show. I call them, I call them a- a- and, a- AMA. Is- like yeah. like A Ron from uh, <laughs> oh, oh the Key and Peel Key and Peel yeah yeah A <laughs> Ma so yeah do that right into us and let, let us know is this an acronym or is it an initialism I don't know uh, but anyway so uh, manufacturer of the year so I know Stern sometimes has promoted their manufacturer of the year awards I guess this is an award yet it's a nomination I don't know when the awards are done and uh, there was some information about them being out at Vegas. 
Uh, you know, obviously, the, I think the big thing that everyone would want to know is, is American Pinball going to be at Texas Pinball Festival with a new game? And I have heard nothing of the sort. I was going to say already. It still seems pretty close to Legends of Valhalla to me. Yeah, but that game was already designed by Riot. Mm, that's a reasonable there. point. But I guess it depends on how far along in manufacturing them they are. I've seen a lot of unboxing, you know, people. Someone was saying not that long ago that they don't see anybody unboxing it. That's nonsense. I see lots of unboxing photos of it, so it's it's out there. They just weren't looking for it, like you. I guess sleuthing I it. They just they don't scoop the the same way. It still seems a little close to Valhalla for me to think that they would introduce something at Texas, but I would hope so because Texas isn't getting anything now. Really, nothing that I'm aware of. I don't think anybody's going to unveil anything there. I mean, it will be the first hands-on experience for most people with Weird Al. That's, that is true. Yeah. That's that's what Texas will have that's unique to that wasn't at any other. I mean, I don't think it's at the what's Louisville show this week. I don't think mm-hmm. Weird Al's there. So so yeah, yeah. No, there's I, not gonna be the, the rumor at one point was there was gonna be Jersey Jack reveal yes. at Texas. And I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that's not happening. I don't even think there's gonna be a trailer or anything. No, by by all reports, it's March is not happening for their for their next game at JJP. I don't think it's happening at, at TPF, and I, I don't think that JJP is going to be revealing anything at the Midwest Gaming Classic MGC, which mm. is the next big show. That's right, after next week. TPF. Or, yeah, is actually, it the week I'm after? Or, or, it's pretty close after. Yeah, I should probably figure that out because I'm flying out to it. So, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> why are you going to Texas, Jason? What, where am I going to do what? Why are you not going to TPF? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess. You're like, I've never thought about why I'm not doing it. No, well, it, I, I, need, I wanted to go to a show and a good friend of mine who I always go to the shows with uh, wanted to meet up with the people who do the Broken Token podcast. It's an, an oh, arcade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Whit- we're supposed Whitney to. and uh, Brent. Yeah. Yes. So uh, uh, a friend of mine and I are going to meet up with the Broken Token people at MGC. I like and their I, show. Yeah. That's a. It's probably one of the most popular classic arcade shows. Mm-hmm. And they so, talk pinball too for folks, but uh, they do. very, uh, but I do have to warn everyone, very, very tech heavy, very tech heavy. Mm. So. I think their last show was like three hours too. So if Those you're not, if you're always not, long, if they, you're not uh, into, if you're not into, if you criticize long podcasts, that one's definitely not. You know, it's, it's sort of interesting because you, you, know, if you, if you host a podcast and any, any podcasters listening, know this is true. You get criticism from all angles on also like, you'll have people who love something that you do and hate something that you do and it's the same thing and you're like mm. okay well how do, how do you take that you right. just have to learn to roll with it i mean i remember they used to do their mailbag on broken token and there was someone who would beg for them to be even longer because he trained for marathons and wanted to hear <laughs> uh, the same show from the start of his training to the end of his training and that's so, funny. And so that's, that's what it and i'm sure they probably get some going your show's really good because you may how long does it take to run a marathon i think it would take me a full day can they do a full day podcast well uh, yeah you know uh yeah i would be i would be terrible at it but i think for most people when they're training for marathons they don't run the full distance so there's yeah. that too because what's seen as like a what's like world record-esque like four-hour marathons or only top t- world tier people or something i don't know right into the network <laughs> team, say just how wrong i have been about long distance running i'm <laughs> because i've never done it yeah. i have to so- get too easily winded in any event, you know, we're going to meet up with those cool guys, and that was the reason why we picked MGC over uh, TPF. Well, and, I hear you know, great things about MGC. Yeah, I mean, there was no big reveals that I was aware of at TPF anyway, so I was just like, well, I'd rather roll the dice and see if something comes to MGC than go to TPF knowing that there's not going to be anything there. 
Yeah, sorry, Weird Al. It's just not good enough well, no, for but Jason. There'll, there'll be a Weird Al at, at MGC. I'll get to play it a week later. Big deal, you know. So mm-hmm. okay, it's not, like, well, it's not like it's the official unveiling of it. We've I, all I seen it. I hope you're right. I hope I hope you're not just stuck still playing playing old rushes, but yeah, <laughs> right, chewed right. up scoops. But now back to American Pinball, though. So I I agree with your point about it seems really early versus Valhalla. However, where I will push back on you, Jason, is David Fix for it feels like two years now has been explaining to all of us that their plan is to do three games a year. I think everybody plans to do games more frequently than they run into the uh, manufacturing buzzsaw that we have right now. And all those plans kind of go out the window. I don't know. I think Spooky seems to stick with their schedule pretty close and not be all like, yeah, we're going to do two games a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just think most people would like to come out. I don't think Jersey Jack wants to do one game every year and a half. I think well, they've they been just, saying two games a year for years and years now, and they everyone's never, just had so many supply chain issues right yeah, now. Yeah, but this, I mean, with them at least, it predates the pandemic. So I don't, you know. So mm. let's go into Jersey Jack. You brought him up. So sure. Here we go. So, sure. Here we go. so, uh, so Ken Rudberg uh, gave us the correspondence segment, and first, I need to I need to give him a full set of kudos, Jason. Okay. He has used the most unique English pronunciation of anime I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Onime. Onime. Uh, it's got to be some form of ma- just Maybe that's a Japanese accent. pronunciation. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I always called it anime, and all the people I know who are hardcore into anime call it anime. So just so the listeners know, I will be using the word anime instead of Onime. But I was, I was listening <laughs> to the segment for editing purposes, and I was like, I'm not sure what he's talking about. Yeah, and I finally like- it clicked. <laughs> so, so Ken reports that there is an anime license that is actually controlled by JJP. They have it and that they may turn it into a game. Hmm. Um, so it sounds like they haven't decided if like they got a license, but they're not sure they want to use it. But if they were to use it, he noted that this would be the very first anime pinball game. So I don't know, Jason, are you big into anime? Do you have a guess as to what it might be? Uh, I definitely wouldn't say that I'm big into anime. That's not really my uh, thing. I know my sons watched that Naruto thing. Okay, Naruto, I think is a good guess because Jersey Jack tends to stay family friendly. So. Yeah, why well, not? The Naruto always, I always thought was really funny because remember when uh, it was like maybe a year or two ago when all those people on social media were saying they're going to storm Area 51. Oh yeah, they, Naruto, they, 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 they were going to Naruto run through Area 51, so they were faster than all the bullets. It's like when you run with both your arms <laughs> yeah. behind your back. And, <laughs> That's what that always makes me think of. The animes I've seen are so much older than Naruto. I still think of that as the battle athletes run. So, yeah, I, I have is not an anime. Very many people are going to know. No, um, I I don't know a whole lot about anime. But I'll it's be not honest. a bad guess. Uh, One Piece. Uh, I've never seen it, but that's the one with the the pirate dude with the straw hat. That one seems pretty family found. There was an anime for Pokemon, but I would think they would do more of the video game approach for Pokemon. Right, if you're they... gonna do yeah, if you're gonna do Pokemon, that would be. I think that would actually be a reasonably good choice for a title. That's a I pretty, think it'd be a great choice. It's uh, a pretty well known IP, and then you could have battles with different. It would be like battling the kaiju or whatever in mm-hmm. Godzilla. It you would, pick you your starter Pokemon. Maybe you'd l- try and evolve them as you play. You know. Uh, yeah. But again, I, I that one I see more as grabbing the video game rather than right. Say, I don't think they the would call 
that in anime license. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, there was a cartoon that was in the early two thousands, I think, but yeah, I, I wouldn't go that route. I mean, oh, gosh, big. I just don't. I don't know what them kids today watch anymore. Uh, Attack on Titan is pretty big, but that's incredibly gory. I think this right here is pretty much showing that that that's a problem. Like if we can't name one that we're like, Oh, that would be awesome. Then well, I, no I, one else, no one else who I collects mean, pinball. I, can I name could one. like one of the biggest uh, animes that the American public would know is cowboy bebop. So yeah, but that, that was like a, a failed Netflix show. So like, or whatever, right, right, from a, but again, maybe JJP got the anime license going, Hey, this is going to be fresh on people's minds because there's the Netflix show. Uh, maybe, but, but that, it that, sucked and everyone, that, every, no, they didn't even get renewed. No, no, it was terrible <laughs> is from what I heard, but <laughs> there are very fond memories and it was very mainstream back in the early 2000s. So people with money might remember the actual anime of it maybe. and be like, let's get that at a really cool jazz soundtrack. The characters were fun. Who doesn't want to see a Welsh Corgi hacking computers? I mean, it's got I all mean, that going uh, of all the board. possible themes in the entire world, they're going to pick something where you're kind of like, what? What is that? I don't, I just don't see it happening. You know, I would like, uh, I was, <laughs> this came up on social media when I was, I was chatting with, oh, it was about when I got the, uh, when the Godzilla came out, uh, when I, not when Godzilla came out, she said, like, when I got my Godzilla, I posted a little video clip on my personal Facebook and someone had asked me, Oh, are you going to learn Japanese? Because you can play the the game in Japanese. And I quoted a very famous meme line from Fist of the North Star. So, and then I, someone else responded the the proper meme callback to it. And I said, you know, I would like to see a Fist of the North Star anime for pinball because I think it would work really well. But that show was so violent. There is no way Jersey Jack got it. There's actually an anime homebrew now that I think of it that's pretty new. And I, you know, I'm going to, I didn't like, I didn't research this at all. So I'm going to have no idea about any of this. Maybe you can use your editing magic and put put it back in after the fact. But the dude, I'm pretty sure it's the dude who did Steamboat Willie. You ever see the uh, black and white Steamboat Willie homebrew? I've seen some photos of it. So he did Ghost in the Shell is what you're saying? No, no, he didn't do Ghost in the Shell. That is another one. But he made an an, an anime-esque a pinball machine based on uh, members of his family, I believe. Oh, okay. And and like his wife is one of the characters and his, his children are are some of the characters. And it's like a whole anime video uh, custom pinball machine. It's really neat. I think that was the follow-up homebrew after steamboat Willie by Hmm. that guy. That's interesting. I'd have to look into that. I apologize if it was somebody else and I'm just giving away your, uh, no, no, yes, right into the gmail.com and tell us if Jason was wrong. Send your Um, emails to Zach mini at uh, your hate flip the letter in pinball. (laughs) pinball, I don't know what is it. I forget. Flip in out. uh, Yeah. Flip in the letter in. We have to say that because otherwise mm. people will think you're just, you know, saying and, but slurring it. So Uh flip it out. Yeah. Well, send all your hate to him. That would be great. Yeah. Yes. Do that. Uh, yeah. Because as Ken noted, this would be first anime, first commercial anime pinball. The only homebrew I knew of was was Ghost in the Shell, which I is remember based the off Ghost of in the, the Shell. Yeah, and it's based off of the standalone complex anime. Mm. So because there were animated, there were older ones as well. Standalone complex is incidentally really, really good. That wouldn't have been a bad one to pick up. But anyway, so that that's the news. So we're, something that's not about Toy Story. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I've heard people saying that 
there's rumblings it won't actually be Toy Story, but I don't believe yeah. that for a second. Toy Story's been avail- been ready for like four years. Yeah. I, you know, the closest I ever bought into that was the notion that Toy Story may have been before Guns N' Roses because it was closer to the release of the fourth film. That would have made sense. I thought actually. it made it would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But even back then, you know, most of the reports were no, it's going to be Eric's game. It's going to be so is GNR, and it was so. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, Toy Story, like the last of the major ex disgruntled employee leaks. You know, we've been sitting on the. <laughs> that's how we've been. People think we like have this magical crystal ball, or or that Jersey Jack's leaking like a sieve. It's just that that former defector was had the whole list and it's taken been feeding so from long. the disgruntled employee yeah. rumor trough yes. for five and, years well, now it's finally it, done it's like all been right and yeah. they've been so slow at putting out games that we've just been able to milk it for years so, <laughs> so this is where you insert one of those thanks uh random leaky guy uh you know beer commercial style <laughs> for, for, for giving us content so so freely now, moving outside of what our correspondents have touched on, you, Jason, have noted that Alien, the LV, ver- not L-E, LV version is now shipping. It is. And it, they, I saw, and I, I, I don't remember which show it was, so that probably makes for terrible podcasting, but they're going to bring one of the LVs to uh, an upcoming show pretty mm. soon. It might be MGC. I'm not sure which one they're bringing it to, but Pinball Brothers is going to have, or, or one of their distributors anyways, is going to have one of the Alien LVs uh, for play at a show. I hope they do, because I'd love to get some pictures of it at MVC- MGC if it's there. Have you ever played any version of Alien? Shockingly, I have not, actually. Mm. Okay. I, you know, I... I th- I don't have any friends who have one. My one friend who's like the rich dude who has all the awesome games does not have one. And then like, they're never on location around here. Really? Yeah. So. Well, I, I'd be shot. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet there are some on location. I'm just, <laughs> you have well, to I think really maintenance would be an issue. I just talked uh, to someone this week who said they've gone through like four or three or four of the computers that just keep frying. Yeah. The, I, whatever they use to run it. I've heard that pinball brothers has been providing support, but and that it's more stable than the old highway version, which is the only version I've played, but that it's still, yeah, is not on the <laughs> this version is better it. than the company that went yeah. bankrupt. <laughs> yes. Uh. yes. But that unfortunately it's still, uh, uh, maintenance and servicing is, is a struggle even for the pinball brothers version. Well, I heard so. that they, they come and they're like, never like you have to like mod it just to get it to do what it's supposed to do out of the box. Oh. essentially that's what i've heard i don't know i don't have like i said i don't have one nor do i have good friends that have one so but i've heard that it's not ideal well speaking of fun funhouse 2.0 now you've been able to check out some of uh the i guess footage of it at this the point. streams yeah there was the a couple streams. of streams don't cross the streams uh, yeah the uh, uh there was uh more money pinball had one that was on location in Canada that was on loan from Nitro Pinball. It was uh, actually on like earning on location at, I think it was a bowling alley or, or but up, you know, a place that had a bunch of pinball machines and they were going to, they, they, they were scheduled to stream it this week. And then uh, I believe a TPN affiliate, uh, Wild Dog Arcade, uh, they, they streamed it one day before the uh, scheduled uh, uh, more money, Stream. So I got to see it streamed twice this week on Twitch. I guess that's the, the short answer to uh, my long-winded response. Is I, yes, I saw 
Funhouse 2.0 streamed twice this week on Twitch, and it looks cool. Oh, yeah. I still have only seen the seen still images. Uh, I just want someone to answer why they put the mayonnaise on the hot dog. <laughs> That's not. I know that you guys are. Uh, who is Zach anti ketchup or or pro? No, he's the right? uh, he's the person who puts ketchup on everything like a okay. child. Okay. You know. I, like, I remember I remember the condiment discussions in this show. Oh, God. Well, we don't need to revisit that. Just go into like the little uh, emoji icon stuff and all the things. And if you type in hot dog, what appears? It's a, a hot dog on a bun with mustard on it. And there's a reason for that. Uh, no, I'm a ketchup guy. I'm not anti-mustard, though. How about both? Why not both? You ever see that meme? <laughs> it's not a hamburger. Uh, okay. I'm throwing ketchup on a hot dog. The whole Pedretti, Pedretti is the... Uh, manufacturer that is uh i think they're doing the aliens too right they're the ones who are manufacturing pedretti is an italian company i'm pretty sure they're the ones who are contract manufacturing the aliens machines for pinball brothers i believe that is correct yes yeah because they're the ones who are doing all of the well all of the so far one the funhouse 2.0 kits and it was funny i i actually broke that story on my page because one of the distributors jumped the gun and had it listed and it just popped up on my Facebook page and it was like Funhouse 2.0 and no one had even like whispered about it or anything yet. I was like, wait, what? What is this? And it went away like 10 seconds later, but I had snapshotted it. And so, you're just uh, like, looks like another scoop for me. Yeah. But uh, so I've been, I've been in on it since the beginning, but you know, I, I just think it's awesome that you can take a game that's already, you know, popular and considered an all-time classic in Funhouse, add a second playable, essentially a second playable game to it, and then allow people to switch back and forth between the original and the new. You know, it adds new life to older games. I, I think that's partially, if you want to tie it into a market trend segment, Funhouses have been going for pretty big bucks. And I think that might be partially why is that it breathes some new life into the market for the, the Funhouses, because you can essentially get more out of it now. That was, it. I think, the parallel that a lot of people will think of is when Dutch Pinball did the Bride mm-hmm. of Pinball 2.0 kits. And honestly, I always thought that Dutch Pinball, it would have made a lot more sense for them to continue to go that route. In fact, is not uh, Funhouse also one of those uh, early WMS, you know, non-DMD, but it was moving past System 11. And right. Thus, it had these capabilities to be upgraded sort of like bride did and they I, just did a, a a short run of bride of pinpod 2.0 i did again. i did read about that um yeah. i guess they're not busy building tbls i have no idea but it probably needed some more cash infusion or something yeah i but, would think yeah but uh you know going back to the pedretti funhouse 2.0 you know i really hope this is well received because if it is i they, there was talk that they're going to do another 2.0 once a year for uh, classic Williams games. So something like uh, Black Knight 2000 or uh, Whirlwind or Earthshaker. I mean, something of the same era would be likely to be the next one to get a 2.0. And that would be really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't buy a Funhouse. The creepy head is too No, creepy. no, dude, those heads creep me out. I had a road show for a while and Red and Ted just creeped me out too. Plus their eyeballs always break and uh, yeah. it was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, so but yeah, supposedly, no. I was just going to say one more thing since we're on this. Uh, they just came out with a new e-commerce site, Pedretti, uh, to sell the Funhouse 2.0 kits. It launched this week. And there is a uh, 
big section on there. Well, they, they're selling a lot of Rudy t-shirts. If you, I'm going to get you a Rudy t-shirt that has Wait, Rudy on don't. it. Please stop. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a, a Rudy uh, T-shirt yeah. that you can wear I could, around. I could do a, a hot dog with mayo T-shirt, but I think they um... might have that. There's like seven or eight different <laughs> variations of it. I'm gonna look and see. I shared an article about it on my site, but uh, the point of this was that they're gonna have a topper, and I know that toppers are near and dear to this show's heart. So, yeah, There's like a... in a collective sense, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Pedretti has always done aftermarket toppers for uh, planetary pinball in Williams games, and they had a funhouse topper, but there's a new one coming out. So I'm wondering if it's going to be a new super high end animated Rudy or some form of funhouse related topper, because they have it listed on their site with just question marks. And then it says uh, topper. So it's coming at some point in the future, and it'll probably be pretty awesome. If because they already have a regular topper for it, why would they advertise that? So it's probably something much more involved and fancy, would be my guess. Hmm. Well, we will just have to wait and see. Yeah. Speaking of waiting and seeing, there is much abated breath out there waiting and seeing what's coming up on the Deep Root Pinball Auction. Oh no! What are you buying, Jason? Yeah. What are you buying? Actually, it would be. I think that stuff. A lot of people are saying they want to buy it and light it and fire. I think it's pretty disrespectful to the people who designed the. You know, the people who went there to work at Deep Root when it first started didn't know that it was a scam. I mean, they were just looking to work in the hobby that they love. Yeah, you know, it's one of those interesting things where you can see there's the perspective of it's the hard work of these creative people that unfortunately because of poor, and I'm being very generous to saying poor management, uh, oh, yeah, well, poor management. doesn't really get to see see life most likely ever. That has uh, to be then, some sort of business textbook example of poor management going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, probably. It might be, it might be a couple examples. But then on the flip side, there are others like this is deep root branded stuff. It There was a lot of fraud with- That's uh, reasonable. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Yeah, I played. The, I plead yeah. the fifth. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I'm not pleading the fifth, but I'm saying allegedly to keep myself <laughs> safe. Uh, and and because of that, that they would rather like that deep root is a stain on the hobby and thus should be cleansed with fire. No, uh, I mean I think you have to embrace history. If you if you erase what happened at deep root from history, then it's just going to happen again. I mean, in theory. Mm-hmm. And then someone might say, "Well, just take some good photos before you burn it all." Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I find it interesting anyway. Yeah, regardless. Well, I don't think most people are going to be buying and burning all of the stuff. So no, no, no. I, I just find it interesting to see what all the designs were. Yeah, it's I mean, so far, I, I don't know what's going to do. Like, obviously, they've got some pretty high end equipment there that some corporate types might end up getting a good deal on that might draw some, you know, the nice thing about the auction that we, one should bear in mind is that the sales from these things will help benefit the creditors that are yeah. owed money. So you For do sure. want the, in theory, if you're concerned about the creditors, you do want the auction to do well. Yeah. The people whose retirement funds got stolen will benefit if, if these sell at, you know, higher yeah. prices. And so actually, you know, mean- like interesting. You were talking about the big machines. Uh, there was talk in the threads and someone had approached, I, I don't know who, who goes on there from Spooky, Spooky Luke, maybe. And there was, someone was asking Spooky whether they'd be a buyer of any of the uh, equipment there. And they were saying, oh, you know, some of it's pretty cool, but a lot of it's even overkill for what we need. So that just shows how wasteful that was in, term, in terms of what Robert Mueller doesn't even have anything to build. And he's buying this crazy ass machines, you know, that even 
established manufacturers are like, oh, that's a little bit much. You know? Yeah, I want to think some, <laughs> someone thought one of the machines was to like to silk screen print on circuit boards. Like, oh, yeah, you gonna, read that. Yeah, you yeah read like you're going to build. Yeah, I do read a few things. Uh, and they were like, but who 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 makes who fabs circuit boards in house? You no. order those from China. No one fabs them in house. It's so expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just set up an, the ability to do it, and it's so cheap to buy circuit boards. I mean, my dad is a retired electrical engineer. He has his sources in China where he just he'll he'll throw together a circuit board for fun and let's just order a, a set of ten from them, and it's super affordable. Are you coming out with your own line of replacement boards? Is that what I hear then? You should leverage I, your yeah, dad no. and his Chinese connections. <laughs> no. That's going to be awesome. I do still have a few baggies of his his handmade uh, NVRAM chips. I used to oh, give see, those away on go. EGP. Yeah, uh, I have a. Uh, I'm, I'm replacing this with a creasel board because it's uh, <laughs> it's been blown out. Some of them might have been EGP branded. Even I'm not. I have to go uh-huh. back and check the baggie. But, I remember those. Those were a long time ago. Yeah. I, uh, my super orbit, I let go. It, it uses one of those for Gottlieb system ADA. I got, I got chips for basically anything. Uh, that makes it more mm-hmm. valuable. I would assume. Yes. Yes. That's why I, I was able to sell it in five minutes was the NVRAM. I advertised that along with the silicon bands and probably the most uh, time consuming thing that it had the full grounding mods installed. Which, I put Titans <laughs> on everything. I like the Titan bands. I could not remember if I, I do believe those were, ti- I bought the translucent Titans for that, but some of my silicon bands are pinball life. So when I can't remember, I just say they're silicon. I, right. I, I, could, I can command more if I tell them it's Titan, but I know a couple of times I did buy non Titan. So I have to be careful, but because I always want to be accurate. So anyway, uh deep root auction. I know a lot of people are interested in getting deep root water bottles. I saw there was a, a lot that seemed to have white woods, but unfortunately it sounded like there were, I mean, that it was just, truly just the cuts like you couldn't tell what it's not like they'd make good wall art because there was no no there was one that was really cool that was supposedly and you know people like take these pictures and zoom in on them and uh, dissect them every which way and one of the whitewoods was someone claimed was a game that was going to be called yukon yeti which was essentially uh, dennis norman's whitewater 2.0 okay that's pretty cool i've always liked whitewater i'm terrible at it though that's a hard I have such a hard time with that uh, bonus shot on the multi-ball when everything's flying around down below and then you have to try to hit the, the waterfall up top. I'm yeah, so bad yeah. at that. But yeah. uh, I, I think that game is just so awesome. The whole design of it is beautiful. The, the ramps are cool. i just not good at it. But Well, now that if, Dennis is with AP, do you think he'll do a spiritual successor to Whitewater with them? You know, that's what I was wondering. I mean, if, if I, I don't know how the intellectual property works. Like, do you think that Deep Root, if he designed a Yukon Yeti, which is a Whitewater 2.0, do you think that they would own the rights to that? Or do you think he could just walk right over to AP and be like, boom, here we go. Let's roll with this. I would think, and we're getting way outside my scope of knowledge. Uh, however, yeah, I would think- You did sue someone one time for not finishing your deck. So you have I, legal experience. Yeah, well, yes, that's true. But- um, <laughs> But that was a little more clear cut, given that my <laughs> lawn was a pile of lumber. The uh, yeah, no, my my understanding is that he could reuse the layout, but probably couldn't use the name Yukon Yeti. Mm. Deeper probably controls the trademark if they mm. assuming they did it for right. Yukon Yeti. Not that he'd need the name, but my understanding was that you uh, from design like you can't that you can't really patent layouts. So that's why that's you saw people cloning them all the time and stuff was. Oh, like, so like, that's really... why someone would do like an eight ball clone or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. But like you could have, you could protect the mechs, you could protect the art, you could protect the name, but 
the actual like geometry that you can't protect that. Yeah, actually, or even the most minor tweak would would re- absolve you at that point. So I sh- I shared a lot of these whitewoods from the auction, the pictures that were in the lots, and I guess it's Mel Davis auctions. They keep putting things up in bits and pieces. Yeah, it's weird. I thought they dump it all at once, but it just keeps trickling out. No, no. There's been like I've done like four posts now of whitewoods from this because there's just like another one, and then I'm like, oh wow. But uh, apparently, uh, John Norris, who was one of the designers at uh, Deep Root chimed in on uh, one of my posts recently, and he was saying basically that the, the Whitewoods were just tossed into any cabinets. For example, there's a, a, a game, a picture, that, and the cabinet says Merlin's uh, Arcade, I guess, or Merlin's mm-hmm. Magic. Yeah, but yeah. The, I, th- I think it was Merlin Arcade was the name of the game on the slide deck. But. Yeah, but the playfield that's in that cabinet is not Merlin's arcade. Oh, because like, John was doing the Merlin game. Yeah, he said that was not the playfield for that game, but it was probably one of the other ones in the pictures. I think basically everything was on the floor and people just picked it up and threw it in empty cabs. Hmm. That's what it seems like. So what me. are you planning to bid on, Jason? That's what the listeners really want to know. Yeah, yeah nothing. I can't, I can't afford anything nowadays. Not even These a things, water bottle? No, someone's going to pay huge money for a Raza, I bet. Yeah, the the quote unquote complete looking game stuff I think will go for pretty big money. You want to guess for the Razas? I would guess uh, between oh gosh twenty five and thirty five thousand. You yeah, I was guessing thirty to forty would be my guess. You may be more right than I am because uh, it's I I I don't know how well advertised the auction really is. Like we still remember the the Captain whatever auction. That's <laughs> true. I mean, that, that was that, all like the, the big money because it got all the, the publicity. Yeah. That was just everyone who wanted a pinball machine. And, and I'm had not a sure ton of this money. is that, I think this is getting a lot of play amongst pinheads. That is true. Um, I don't think like the Whitewoods and stuff, as many as there are, and as many that won't necessarily have inserts and art. I think if you want like just a plain old Whitewood, you probably get one of those pretty cheap. If you're not having to buy them by a lot. Now, now someone might pick those up and try and like, sell them at shows and stuff for like two to 400 bucks. And they paid a hundred bucks a Whitewood. A hundred dollars. No way. Those things are going to go for way more than that. Well, I don't, are they being into, do you have to buy the whole thing or is it, is the mm. bid per Whitewood? Like if you have to buy the whole set, I'm trying I, to figure it out. It seems what, like they're in lots. So yeah, do you so just my buy the entire gonna, room? Right. So mm. my guess is however many are in a lot, I'm trying to divide out how much the lot would cost by like, what's the amount you ended up paying per Whitewood. It's just, there seem to be so many cut that I'm not sure they're really worth that much. But. I have a good tangent Whitewood story. Well, go ahead and tell it because I'm out of things to say about the auction. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a place up here. I've bought games from a bunch of times before uh, Rockland Pinball uh, in Rockland, New York. And they were having like a, a barbecue. And I know I know the guy who owns it there, Rob. And uh, he has these uh shipping containers that he uses as storage in the back that, you know, his shop is always open to people and people go in there and look at his, the games that he has for sale and he's working on and things like that. But people don't usually go into the shipping containers. So a friend and I were there, a friend of mine and I were there and we're like, you know, can you open up the shipping containers? So he sends one of his employees back with us and there's two big uh, shipping containers, like literally five feet away from a railroad track in the back. So they open up the doors and we're looking around inside there. And I'm like, what is this? It was a uh, Revenge from Mars Whitewood autographed by George Gomez. 
Wow. That I found right there. So I took a picture of it and sent it to George and George was trying to buy it from the guy. I don't know uh, you know, how that yeah, ended up. I was up. like, no, this belongs to the train now. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, you don't expect to just open up like some like metal box in like the woods and then find a white wood of, of uh, a, an iconic game from a famous designer that was autographed too. It was pretty funny. Yeah. It's like, it's like a dream. No, it's an interesting story anyways. Well, speaking of dreams, Jason, one of the things I thought we would do as kind of a little fun segment is, is a, is a dream theme discussion. I know everyone's like, let's turn it off. That's what all the podcasts do when they have no content is let's talk about dream themes, but we'll do dream things with a twist. I'm tired of talking about dream themes that are going to sell. Like I've mentioned Die Hard before, you know, people talk about Harry Potter. I don't care. Nobody cares. What they care about is what's a sort of theme or a license that you don't think would really be marketable, at least in today's pinball world, but that you would like to see. And I'd like to know like some elements that you're thinking about with, with the game. And if you want, I can go first if you want time to think about it, or if you've got an idea as if I already told you what this segment would be, you can go whatever you want to do, Jason. Well, I have a go-to answer. So I could go first if you're ready for that. I don't know if you're ready for this awesomeness, though. My mind wants to be blown. Yeah, prepare to me have your mind blown. All right, my go-to, because I, I had talked about maybe doing a homebrew pin with some people at one point, but I actually don't want to do any work. So that would be, <laughs> I'm too busy to actually do anything on it. But if I was going to do a homebrew pin, my theme for the game would be Expedition Unknown. Do you know what that show is? A lot of people don't. Uh, no, I do not. I've heard of it, but I have okay. no idea what it is. Expedition Unknown, uh, there's a guy named Josh Gates, who's essentially a modern-day Indiana Jones. So what he does is he goes out and investigates all of the most famous tales in history in terms of like cryptids what a cryptid is is like Loch Ness Monster Bigfoot Yeti uh, all the mysteries so he would investigate whether Atlantis was really real whether Bigfoot was really real whether the Holy Grail is still being kept in a temple in Ethiopia by monks I think that's actually the Ark of the Covenant but basically it's what the machine would be would be a series of modes, each one based on trying to solve a famous historic mystery. Like, is Bigfoot real? Is Was the city of Atlantis real? You know, is the Ark of the Covenant hidden in a temple in Ethiopia? Blah, blah, blah. So a lot of all those modes would be stuff that's basically free intellectual property because no one owns the Yeti patent mm. that I'm aware of, except for the company that makes coolers, but I don't think they're going to try to sue you for that. So it would be famous mysteries that everyone in the world knows. And I don't think that the Expedition Unknown license, it's owned by the Discovery Channel, I assume, would be very expensive. So it would basically be the equivalent of a modern day Indiana Jones pinball machine with a very inexpensive license. Okay. Well, you, you've explained the concept and, and the and the modes to me, and I get that. So what would you be thinking like in terms of toys? People want a toy. No, no. See, now you've gotten ahead of me. 
There's so many possibilities, though. I have the idea that it will be a street level. Well, there, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely making it a wide body, so you hate it. That would be my uh, ultimate, my ultimate yeah, goal. No, I already don't want to play it, but go <laughs> on. No. Uh, I, I mean, you, there's so many different things. You could put a Loch Ness Monster in there. You could put a Yeti in there. You could put the Chupacabra, like whatever famous monster you've ever heard of. I want to put a, a ball lock in there. I want it to be a Yeti cooler. Sure. Well, I see now. Now you're getting into lawsuit territory. No, we'll get permission. <laughs> we'll get permission. <laughs> we'll co-brand it with a Yeti cooler. Like it's just product placement. You know what I saw the other day, and this is such a tangent. I'm going off on. Someone said that Mickey Mouse is going to be a uh, public domain starting in 2023. They keep getting that extended. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, I wonder if someone could actually make the Steamboat Willie machine that's really cool, but you know, obviously would be sued into oblivion by Disney. Yeah, uh, I again, it's been such a long. I think someone explained to me they they do something from time to time because in theory, some of that stuff should have already been in the public domain. But that doesn't by, seem right that Mickey Mouse would become public domain. Yeah, like, come on, they, that's the whole basis of their company. Yeah, yeah, and the, I guess I don't know what it as it like they they continue to use it and then as they iterate on Mickey, they get it. You know, I don't know if this is exactly the same parallel, but it reminds me of drugs. I know, uh. Prescription drugs. <laughs> I was like, what? So, yeah, well, yes, prescription yeah, it reminds drugs, me of yeah. when I was doing drugs. It reminds me of, oh gosh, what was it? There was something, I don't remember. It might have been Prozac. It was a, anyway. The generics. But, yeah, well, there was a, you know, they come out, they have a, they have a period where they, a generic is not allowed. And the company that originally created the drug is allowed to try and make uh, all their money back, you know, R&D and all that. They get the right. reward for coming up with this new drug. Well, one of the things that they will do is they can try or at least used to would be able to go and say, okay, well, now we've got approval for a new use for the drug and that allows them to renew. Mm. I mean, they can maybe slap a new name on it, but it's the same formulation. Mm. And like, and my thought was that it might've been one that I don't remember if it was Prozac or not. I think it was an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor that was sold for antidepressive properties. But then later when the patent was about to expire, they restructured to say it now treats anxiety. Now treats uh, depression in dogs or something. Right. Well, they still, <laughs> still use it for depression, but yeah. Hey, now we've got it approved so it can treat anxiety. It's a different condition. We need a new like patent renewal basically because mm. it's now a new use. So it's a new drug, even though the formulation was identical or, the so public like. domain conversation makes me think of American pinball. Cause remember all those rumors, like their next game was going to be this because it was well, Sherlock. Where's Sherlock. You know, Holmes? That's exactly it. Sherlock Holmes was one of them. And what were the other public domain IPs that they were, well, it's uh, not an IP. Like had a guess, Valkyrie but. one. Yeah. Valkyrie. There was like a cannonball run or something. Yes. Uh, it was like a card. It was like a card. A poker run. That was it. It was like a card game based on a, a car race. Yeah. Or something, something like that. Uh, I had to look it up because I'd never heard of such a thing, but it, it was real. Yeah. So that the Sherlock Holmes one, I think, was voted to be or widely considered to be the most likely one. I wonder it if that was the one still that would have made the most money. So. Yeah. I wonder if that'll still happen. Uh, you know, I, I thought so because my understanding was with what David Fix had said in past interviews that some of the stuff coming out was still going to be unlicensed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a known theme, but it's not a license in that you don't have to pay for a license. So, right. So, like, I was versus the original was a, IP. 
I always thought Houdini was a pretty good use of, of public domain licenses. Like uh, that's a good license to me. It, it was. It was. People Again, don't love a, the game because right. they cranked it out in like a month because right. J-pop left them in the lurch. Yeah, yeah. But no, conceptually, yeah. So that's a that would be a non-original but unlicensed because Houdini himself was in the public domain. So right. it's not a license because no one's paid, but and they had full creative freedom, but. It is not an original IP because everyone knows who Houdini, but that's the buy-in. I mean, I could, you know, we often talk about the value of licenses. I mean, look at what Weird Al did for Multimorphic. Uh, for yeah, sure. More, more from that than all of their hard their work timing the with that. Their timing with that was perfect too, because they have the, the Harry Potter dude, Daniel Radcliffe biopic of Weird Al coming out. Weird Al's on tour right now. He has a following. He tweeted or posted about the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they struck when the iron was absolutely at its hottest. There, there are a lot of really smart decisions about when they launch the license tied to what the license is. But honestly, in my view, their biggest success is the sheer good fortune that they have landed in a window mm-hmm. where no zone. one else is putting out anything. <laughs> the new game and, Dead Zone. And, yeah. and there's no way they could have known that going in, right? We all thought until like less, it's been less than a month since we've learned that Toy Story is not at TPF. Maybe they did, though, because if you think about it, right, many spies. Well, no, think about it. Maybe I mean, because they took orders for that game and I was kind of surprised to see the first ones weren't like the earliest uh, promised delivery date was October. So maybe they were just like, okay, we can show this now. Boom. Let's get these orders in this window, because I mean, why else would you take orders six months before, you know, you could even deliver anything? I don't know. I mean, uh, part of the thing could be license or time constraints. You know, they have a certain period of time, usually from what I've heard with license deals to Mm -hmm. once the ink is signed that it's not, oh yeah, you can produce this 20 years from now. And then you have a three year sell window. It's sort of a, the clock is starting and maybe they're starting to be like, you know, we need to start taking this in figuring out how many we need to build and stuff because we've got a window for how long we're allowed to move weird. I don't know because I'm, I'm not privy to any of the details. This is good for them, guess. man. Though that thing sold the, good for them. I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. to see oh, them yeah, do no, well. It's uh, it's done. And I, it's sort of a, I, I, I think it's a very, it's essentially impossible not to see this as a positive in my view for their company. The only thing I think is so interesting uh, though, again, it, it plays into what Zach and I have said for, it feels like forever on this show, but license is everything. All that engineering, all that hard work, all those prior games blown away just by the name Weird Al. That's how powerful license is. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how many you want to sell uh, of something. I mean, obviously, ideally, you want to sell a boatload of anything. But I mean, I think, you know, like with Heist, for example, that's a cool game. And he didn't have to pay for a license. So you don't have to sell as many to break even on something where you're not paying for a license. Yeah. It does depend on your goals. Yeah. So if your goals are growth though, then you want as many sales as you can, as you can handle. True. I'm going to say as many sales as possible, as many as you can handle. No, no, definitely not. As, definitely not as many as you can't handle that. That's where you run into some problems. Do you think multimorphic will do expedition unknown? Oh, uh, see, I'm, I'm pretty sure now that that's out there, that's going to be stolen in minutes. It could be. I mean, they do allow third-party development on their platform, so. Oh, yeah. If I if I had to spare a couple of years of my life, I'd make it, but I don't think that's happening. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you just need to reorganize your priorities and, and maybe de-emphasize lacrosse. So, yeah, sorry, sorry, kids. I can no longer see you anymore. I'm going to spend <laughs> several years developing my own Expedition Unknown pinball machine. And they'll be like, we understand, Father. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure, I'm sure that's how it would go. I'm sure they'll say it just like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to do one that might be a little bit. Actually, I don't know if it'll be better known than Expedition Unknown or not. Um, if it's more obscure than that, I'm, I'm going to be surprised. I, I'm going to go with the 11th highest grossing film of 1981. Do you know what that is? Ooh. Definitely. Now you're going to do the, uh, it's going to be like Breakfast Club or something. No, 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 <laughs> you're going to no, do like no. one of those like teeny bopper uh, 80s movies, like uh, Can't Buy Me Love or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in a podcast with low ratings, like the EGP episode Tony and I did where we, we did, uh, oh gosh, who was the guy who did Breakfast Club? The director. Uh, uh, John Cusack was in it. By right, think, right, no, right, but it was right. like, John Hughes or whoever, oh, yeah. or whatever it was. It was like our worst rated episode of that year. It was so <laughs> bad. No one wanted to listen to that. All right. Uh, no, uh, this would be Clash of the Titans. Oh, that, that was what I thought that this was going to be. Did you see that? Mm. I thought when they shared the Weird Al picture, the teaser of the uh, the, guy, the the first teaser Multimorphic put out there for Weird Al was someone chiseling on a statue, yeah, right on a statue. for the museum. And I, I, my guess was that they were going to do Clash of the Titans. Oh. Yeah, that See, was my I never guess. That. Uh, I do remember you saying that. I didn't. I never saw it because I, mean, I guess obviously it depends how how creative we're getting because no one's chiseling in, in, mm-hmm. in it. Though I get it because of the Medusa. Yeah, no. Uh, so, so for me, Clash of the Titans. I actually just rewatched this yesterday. I see. I was doing my prep work. Uh-huh. Uh So for those that don't know, uh, in some ways, I think that they're. People will more know the remake in 2010 with Liam Neeson as Zeus. That was only the 11th best grossing movie in 1981. That movie was a blockbuster, I thought. No, 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 no. It was, yeah, according to the the Wikipedia, it grossed 41 million at the North American box office. That's it? Was the 11th. Yes, 11th of the year. I've seen that movie a hundred times. I can't believe that that's... uh so poorly received yeah well if you would like if you'd like a breakdown so 10th was time bandits <laughs> that time bandits did better than <laughs> yes come on yeah. 1.3 million dollars uh, um, oh my god was the four seasons i don't know that yeah i don't either eighth was for your eyes only so james bond oh bond well that's going to be coming out seventh chariots of fire Ooh, a little slow Oh no! Uh, here's one that you'll, you'll throw back here. Sixth, the Cannonball Run. Oh, see, that is, oh, it's amazing how all these things are tying together yeah. perfectly. That's up at seventy-two million. Uh, fifth was Stripes. Okay, John Candy's in that. Fourth was Arthur. If you get caught between the moon and New York City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> third, Superman Two. Okay. Second was on Golden Pond. <laughs> that's the one that's you're going to be yeah. your theme <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the number on. one movie uh i think unsurprisingly at the box office for 1981 would be uh raiders of the lost ark oh, okay well that that ties into the theme that i was working on so so no class of the times is not a blockbuster however it did do better than the fox and the hound so. i can't believe it <laughs> sucks so bad at the box office no, that movie's didn't. way better than all those movies yeah, i mean it beat i beat like another one of my favorite from 81 which is excalibur that was a thirty-four million dollar film. I don't even know that one. Oh, the that one's really. Uh, I mean, it's about the story of Arthur and and mm. the sword. Uh, the entire soundtrack is classical music. That's the movie I think of when I hear Camina Barana. I is, don't know what because, you're talking about. 
Ralph say? I don't know the Latin, sorry. And it's like angels. It. It's glorious. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. Send, it, send in the complaints about yet another uh, de- <laughs> Dennis sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I can't do I can't do fake voices. I, I want to uh, entertain all of your people. But Oh, anyone can do fake voices, whether or not well, you're doing a good, good impression. Good ones, that? But yeah. we can't all be Ron Hallett, is the thing. Yeah, that's so, true. Anyway, back to, back to Clash of the Titans. So for those that don't know, this is a... Uh, a retelling, a very, very loose retelling, as I found out as a kid once I read what actually happened with Perseus. Uh, so it's mm. a Greek myth, Perseus. And so they took a whole bunch of liberties. But the thing about the movie... In the mechanical Norman, owl wasn't in the real story of Perseus? <laughs> the robot <laughs> owl? No, there was no, there was no Bubo, uh, which I love Bubo. Um but the yeah, so uh, no, the thing at the t- at the time uh, was that this was the last uh, movie that Ray Harryhausen did. He did the stop motion effects. So this okay. was a heavy, heavy special effects movie. Uh, obviously, this was well before CGI. So they did a ton of stop motion to to do all these like the effects with uh, with Medusa and all of that. So anyway, at the time it was pretty good. I remember. It, oh yeah, no, it was. And I think the movie, like performance-wise, uh, I believe it did well. The I, I'm not quite sure how much it cost them to make the movie, uh, but it was seen as I as I scroll down worldwide. It grossed seventy million, and it was one of the bigger hits overall. You know, I watched it with my boys during the pandemic at some point. I think I own it on Vudu or one of those services or Amazon or something like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. I've I've had it on DVD. You know, before Blu-ray, I've had it on yeah, DVD what's that? for years. Yeah, it's, it's an old format that was just a, a, just above CDs. And you own it on a, a yeah. Betamax. Yeah, a laser disc. Come on, Come on. laser disc. So, so anyway, for the for the game, like in terms of, I would not do a white body. I would do a standard. But you're so That's many toy toy options. So I would probably steal the mech from Iron Man that Stern used to mm. have the Kraken raise out of the playfield as a bash toy. Release. The Kraken. Yes, the Kraken would be released and mm. and you get to bash it. I'd also like to have a little toy in one of the probably towards the back of the of the Medusa, but kind of taking uh maybe the thing sort of like uh Cactus Canyon does where the hat bounces on the guy's head on the remake from mm. CGC. Have you seen the little hat bounce a up? Ba- a bash back? toy esque. Yeah, well I want yeah. one instead that sort of hinges so that when she's decapitated, her head flips backwards so you can't see it anymore. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Where he and puts so, it in the bag. Yeah, yeah, there's, you know, that could be a little toy where you have the bag, just have the bag represented. Uh, there's so much, obviously, there's a lot that you'll just do on the screen instead, but there are other, you, you could have a giant scorpion if you want the giant scorpion. You could do a two-headed wolf dog if you want two-headed wolf dog element to involve. You could have a, a pegasus somewhere, so just a white stallion with wings. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of static things you sort of could do. The modes would be the various elements of the quest i do it more 90s style where you don't have to play the game in order per se so you know you'll want to go and, and visit the witches you need to go uh across the river sticks you need to go and fight medusa would be like the mini wizard mode and then you know defeating the kraken would be the ultimate wizard mode would be the concept so and for the call outs get dame maggie smith she ain't ever going to do mcgonagall because there ain't ever going to be a harry potter maggie smith was in this movie. Is she alive? Yes. Because I saw her in a play in high school 
like a class trip. And that I thought she was relatively old then. And I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm no spring, I'm no spring chicken. She's so. in her, she's in her upper eighties, yeah. but she's still alive. And, wow. uh, at least when I checked this morning, I didn't see yeah. that, she, that she wasn't. And she played, uh, Thetis who was, uh, the sea goddess. Okay. Uh, I believe so sort of a sea nymph. It was sort of weird because I always thought she'd play maybe a more famous goddess, but but she was the one who, whose kid is Calibus in the movie. So mm. she's the one that's the statue that talks and all of that. Hear me, vain and foolish mortal woman. You dare compare your daughter's beauty to mine and in my own sacred sanctuary. You will repent your boast and the cruel injury you have inflicted on my son, Calibus. And so, I mean, it's just some really great lines. When I went back after seeing Harry Potter and, and saw Clash of the Titans again, it's like, holy crap, this is, it's the it's the witch lady. She's she's a goddess in this. <laughs> um, so that would be what I would do. No, that, I'll tell you, our two ideas, am I allowed to say kick ass on this show? Or do you yeah, have to beat this, that out? this show does not censor. So. Oh, nice. Th- those two ideas kick ass. Someone's got to bring us on board and we'll uh, crush uh, pinball sales with these awesome new themes. Yep. It just... We'll just have to wait and see and see them happen. But I'm excited. It's only a matter of time before our ideas get stolen. Yes. They're too yes. good. They're too good to not be. Oh, it's such a come on. We need a we need a sword and sandals game. It'll sell tens of units. Do it. Sword and sandals? I think that's what they used to call that genre. Uh, oh, versus, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the Spartacus and all that. Sword and sta- sandals as a genre. Um Charlton, like I think we need Charlton, more Charlton Heston in pinball. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, Clash of Titans had Lawrence Olivier as Zeus, uh, but we cannot get him to do callouts, I'm afraid. No, probably not. So I guess, you know, normally we would now do pinball market trends. Do you want to do the pinball nar- market trends? Call? Do you know the, like how Zach leads in the segment? You can do it uh, however you want. I've listened to the show many times, but I do not recall his specific. It's like pinball market trends. Well, he, he does. It's time for pinball market trends. He okay. usually goes over the top, but you can do it any way you want. It's time for pinball market trends. <laughs> is that, is oh, that right. It? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> is that the, right. the one? That's about how everyone feels about it, I think. So that's no, about some it. people. Right, I. I I have to be honest, people do actually write. Well, they used to more when I That's not them. just Zach with fake Gmail accounts writing in himself, I, you know, is it? I, I don't know. Uh, we don't, we don't, because I don't, we kind of ran the exhaustion uh, out of me playing up this art and it's arguing about how stupid Pimmel Market, everyone knows that Pimmel Market Trends is made up, so mm. I can't really say anything else. I still, it's like EGP and Rumor Corner. No one really cares if it's true. They just want to hear the entertainment. So I used to love to go through uh, Facebook and uh, Pinside marketplace and look like, Oh, this is a good deal. That's a good deal. You know, what, what game is a cool game that's still not selling for big bucks, but now everything's so horrible. It makes me sad to look all the prices are so outrageous that makes me sad to look at pricing. And I try not to Mm. anymore. So I guess you've already answered it, but do you have a pinball market trend? I do not. Yeah. Everything's going up and it's going up a lot. That's well, my market trend. I don't have one either. Well, right. that's it. We're done with pinball market trends. Thanks, everybody. for That for was the best in. one in a while. Man, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, so, okay. So we're at the end of the show. So, Jason, people want to learn more. They want to get your scoops. Where do they go to, oh, to get sure. scooped? Uh, well, I don't know if you have to say the www part but www.naparcade.org what happens if i don't put in the www i think it probably still works at least on chrome hmm. it does 
Okay. Some well, bugger stole NapArcade.com. I'm still searching <gasps> for them. Who would do that? I have no idea, but I, I have, need to find them. I have three guesses, and you wouldn't like any of them, so I'm not going to name them on air. <laughs> I have a very specific skill set. I'm, I'm going to do the uh, oh, taken. No, take I'm going to do the taken. I will find you. <laughs> I will unleash the kraken. Yes. I do not. I do not have a uh, Scottish uh, accent that I can do. It was so. a poor investment on someone's part, unless they're just trying to screw with me because I'm not paying someone for it. Well, so. maybe. Maybe the, uh, is there anything there? Do they? I don't, I don't, I don't think it goes to anything. So yeah, there used to be a, my name, my first name is Jason. Obviously there used to be a jasonnap.com that had a dancing chicken on it. That was it. I don't know. I don't think it was for me because there's a surprising number of Jason naps in the world. There are, there There was one who was a minor league baseball player in the Phillies organization. There's a sports caster out of uh, Philadelphia as well, who was doing curling announcing on the Olympics this year who's Jason Knapp. And then there was a dude who was missing in North Carolina, who was also, if you Google hmm. it, those guys come up in hmm. any event, naparcade.org. And then also Nap Arcade on Facebook and Nap Arcade on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I usually post uh, a picture of one game that I've seen on location every day. And then, you know, share what year it was and everything else uh, from different angles. So it's just kind of like a repository of all cool pinball machines that I've seen in a long time. But the the Facebook page and the website, I share any news that I come across and any interesting arcade and pinball related uh, stories. All right. Well, and if people need to reach out to me, it's always easiest just to email a gamers podcast at gmail.com because I checked that one. But you can also email the pinball network at gmail.com and those will eventually get to me. Normally, Zach would do his flipping out sponsorship thing because that's what he does to make a living. And I would say so you can always visit flipping out. That's flip the letter in out pinball.com. I do not know what his showcase is, so I guess probably nothing except maybe a Star Wars pin. I mean, I don't know what he's got in stock anymore. It seems like everything's sold out. But. I'm a previous flipping out customer and I will give a excellent testimony about it. I got Godzilla premium from Zach and it was a great process. Even you have a some, Godzilla premium? Oh, not Godzilla. Duh. <laughs> I have a Jurassic He's Park premium. He's taken over my mind. Yeah, no, I, but I have, we were talking about it. That's why I have a Jurassic Park premium. Okay, I wish I had right. a Godzilla premium, but I do why? not. Jurassic you know, Park was the other game I was really interested in. And my Jurassic Park premium was missing some screws from the factory, and, and uh, Zach got that taken care of uh, nice and quickly. <laughs> yes. Did he tell you, go to Home Depot, quit bugging me? No, no. It was very good service. Very good service. So and I've had I've had a Deadpool ordered from flipping out for well over a year now. So that's and, and tell, tell us about that service. <laughs> tell, us, tell us all the good things that you he can't there. he can't magically make games appear. He can only do what he can do. I tried to get Zach. I, I said I uh, was talking to Zach Sharp. I'm like, can't you just sneak one Deadpool on the line for me? But it didn't didn't work. Well, and so in terms of, I don't know what's coming up on the, and this is how bad I am on prepping. I don't know what's coming up this week on the Pinball Network, if there really is anything. It felt like, at least on the podcast front, we fired both barrels last week. It was like there was no TPS, so everyone else just stepped up and did things. I already mentioned earlier in the show, we had just another pinball podcast and we had free play uh, pinball. They both had uh, Keith Elwin interviews. So you haven't heard those. You may want to go and check them out. They ask different questions. So even though it's still the same guest, you'll hear different things out of both. If you're going to interview one person in the hobby twice, you might as well interview the goat twice. I, I guess. I wonder if Loser Kids is moving their their schedule around to have him on at a different time now. 
You're so abreast of all the podcasts and who's having what and everything like that. I can't keep track. Zach prides himself on listening to every single pinball podcast that exists. I don't commute anymore. That's a little difficult. (laughs) And that's what's happened primarily with me is even before the pandemic, my, when I changed jobs in 2019, I went from driving an hour one way, four days a week to doing that same drive about once a week. So I, I just, do walk a lot. I do walk as my exercise. So that's if, as long as it's not freezing cold, I listen to podcasts while I walk. If that's I'm not, what I usually do. If it's I'm not better, with my wife, it's still just not. Yeah. You have to, you have to listen. You, you can't be all like the one year thing. Yeah. My, you were trying to get work. me to do to listen to the podcast and do the secret service. That's the like service a one year piece thing. I yeah. still think that would probably work for a while. That's I, when I taught you the uh, variable. This is knife over from clear yes, and present yeah. danger. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was, I really thought you were going to do clear and present danger pinball when you were like, I've got one already. That would I thought, be, I mean, it's just so dated. How about Jack Ryan though? Jack Ryan in general is not a bad theme. I'm a Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan oh, guy though. Okay. Well, oh, he's still alive. He could do call outs. Yeah, he's coming. I can't believe they're coming out with another Indiana Jones. Well, they got to make up for number four because, oh, boy. The Crystal Skull's not your favorite movie? <laughs> That's shocking. Oh, right oh, oh. All of a sudden, Temple of Doom looks yeah. fun enough. <laughs> wow, Temple of Doom was really good compared to this. Uh, it's just uh, the one thing I just remembered as a kid when I saw Temple of Doom was I couldn't put my finger on it because I was so young at the time, but it was just that it was so dark. Yeah. And then I, I, when he rips I, the guy's beating heart out of his chest. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was just like, yeah, of course I saw all that as a kid in the theater. I'm sure that was a theater one. He must've been like, like, Holy shit. <laughs> mind blown. It's like, yeah. you can do that and they stay alive. I was like, yeah. I know they're, they're taking some creative liberties. Yeah. To this. <laughs> but I found out afterwards, I think watching a, a documentary or a director's commentary or something that uh, it was like Steven Spielberg's like, yes, I was going through a really bad divorce when I made that. And that's why <laughs> There's uh, like pictures of his his ex wife being decapitated right, right. in the he, background. And he and married stuff. the actress who played Willie. And he's oh, like, really? Hey, yeah. And he's like, the only good thing that came out of that is I met my future wife. That's the only thing. Did he I adopt was... Short Round too? I think that might have been possible. <laughs> I don't. Know. I think no. I heard that somewhere. I don't know. But <laughs> but he was a sort. He was a sort like everything. He was just in a dark place, and it shows throughout oh my that entire gosh. film burning people to wake them up oh it was just uh Jeez. that's why it's so not fun compared to the first and the third the third one was so good it is it is well thanks for being on jason yeah thanks, thanks for, for having me filling in the tiny little baby shoes that are zach's no oh, yes this is going to be watch you're going to want you're going to want to have this guest host thing more often this show this show is going to rock I mean, I've had you, Tony, and I've had you on twice, I believe, on Eclectic Gamers Podcast. It has been quite a while, so yeah. it's, it's been a while since we have spoken. It's fun to be on a podcast that you don't have to edit. That's always the key. Yes, I won't know anything about that for this episode, but uh-huh. maybe someday, if Zach does ever come back, it, it will be once more. But uh, until then, everyone, thanks for listening to The Pinball Show, and we'll catch you later.